All opinions expressed by Davidson Capital Management on MoneyWise are solely theirs and are based upon information they consider reliable and is subject to change without notice. You should be aware of the risk in investing in any security or investment strategy discussed on the show. Before acting, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and should seek advice from your own financial or investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. You're listening to MoneyWise with Davidson Capital Management. Got your Money Wise guys back inside the Money Wise studio with me for this weekend show. I have my brother Jeff, Joe Rust, and I am your host, Kyle Davidson. Pretty new listeners to the Money Wise program. Davidson Capital Management is a fee-only registered investment advisor. We're in our 32nd year of business, and with offices in San Antonio and Corpus Christi, we have your investment management needs covered throughout Central and South Texas. And if you'd like to learn more about us, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation or take advantage of a portfolio review and analysis from your Money Wise guys, you can reach us in our San Antonio or Corpus Christi office toll free at 1-800-275-2162. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send all emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Money Wise podcast through Apple Podcast. And also, please like and you can make comments concerning the Money Wise program through the Apple Podcast download. As we kick off every weekend's Money Wise program, I'd like to turn it over to my brother, Jeff, to go into the numbers from Wall Street from last week. So, Jeff, take it away. Okay, in the week just passed, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 1.4%, or about 472 points. The S&P 500 last week was down about 98.5 points, or 2.2%. And the NASDAQ last week was down about 481 points, or 3.2%. Now, for the year to date, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 12.2%. The S&P 500 year-to-date is up 16%. And the NASDAQ year-to-date is up 13%. Now, we just finished the third quarter of 2021 and uh the quarter was looking pretty good until september came along and kind of pulled the rug out of uh the performance for the third quarter the dow uh, for the quarter was down about two percent we'll round it off a little bit the s p 500 was down was up about a quarter of a percent and the nasdaq was down less than one half of one percent and all of that really occurred here in the last i guess the last two weeks or so trading weeks of, well, of September, uh, because we, we were at all time highs, I September, believe, 2nd. September 2nd. Thank you. Uh, and, and from then, from there, uh, the markets just started trending downward. Now Se- I will September, say September is going to September. Okay. Yeah. And, and this, and this haters going to hate September is going to September. Well, I will so. say for, for the NASDAQ and the S and P 500. Yes. They, they hit their, their all-time highs around that September 2nd time frame. But the Dow, interestingly enough, was at its all-time highs the second week of August. So the Dow has been on a little bit uh, longer of a trek uh, for this corrective move. And as of Friday's close, I just wanted to do a quick calculation from the squiggly lines from the technical charts. From its all-time closing high, the Dow Jones Industrial Average as of Friday's close is still down 3.65%. The S&P 500 from its high close and based on Friday's close is down 3.95%. 
and the NASDAQ is down 3.79%. So they're all about 4% off their all off their all-time highs. Yes. And that, a lot of that it would have been much worse had it not been for Friday, October 1st big run up that we That's it's right. like what 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 happened on on Thursday versus Friday? What was I mean, it? What were, the, was, what were the news items on Thursday to cause Thursday's decline at the end window of the dressing. And, yeah, I mean, okay. end I, of quarter I'll buy, window I'll dressing. Buy that. I'll buy that. Well, what did I say on last weekend's show? It, it just seems that there is a trend. It's, it doesn't happen every quarter, but it, it seems like the last week of the third quarter of every year, the market just likes to taketh away. And this year, 2021, was no exception. And I was, you know, was was bemoaning running around the office in San Antonio on Thursday. (laughs) Joe heard me bellyaching saying it's the last week of the third quarter. Every time it happens, the last week of the third quarter, the market taketh away and and it did it again. I was going to break out the fire extinguisher to calm you. I know you had had your finger on the pin, so you're ready to you're ready to hose me off. But. It, it just and I mentioned that on last weekend's show for investors to be prepared for that. And now as we're coming into August, I mean, yes, we had some October. buying coming in. Excuse me, coming into October, we saw some buying coming in on Friday. And I know that just historically, from a seasonality standpoint, September October are always not the best months. And October has really been kind of the redheaded stepchild when it comes to the performance of the markets in the month of October. But I read an interesting statistic Friday morning that October historically isn't necessarily the worst month for the markets, but it is historically the most volatile. So I just want to say to all of our listeners to make sure you have your seatbelts tightly fastened and your tray tables in the upright and locked position because <laughs> October historically is the most volatile it is the most volatile month for the markets but well, that doesn't necessarily hold on joe that doesn't necessarily mean from a volatility standpoint that it's going to be a negative month but it will be volatile yeah joe. so so essentially the last week is just kind of a warm up for you okay so now you're ready to get in the game get well, used to I, a little bit of volatility I, I guess we're talking you know we want to talk about this just to prepare the investor's mindset you know we have talked for the last 16 plus years we've been doing this show that emotions can do the most damage to an investor's portfolio than the stock or bond market ever, ever can or will. And so you have to keep your emotions in check and not have your emotions overtake your investment-making decisions. So we're trying to prepare all of our listeners of what they could be potentially seeing in the next two, three, four weeks to come going into the month of October with it being the, the historically the most volatile but doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a negative month. So just keep that in mind and keep your emotions in check. You know, we always preach, keep your emotions in check. Don't allow your political points of view to drive your investment making decisions. You have to maintain that longer term perspective. And if you have cash sitting on the sidelines, like we do here at Davidson Capital Management, because we've been talking about weeks and weeks ago, how we've been constantly taking profits and took profits at the beginning of September. So we're sitting on a higher level of cash that when we feel more comfortable to deploy it, if we want to deploy it, we have the cash available to be buying it at potentially lower levels. And if we started buying in on Friday, 
as we did with some clients with some brand new clients with cash, we're dollar cost averaging in. So if you find yourself as an investor with cash on the sidelines, this could be an opportunity to just slowly dollar cost average in. As I was talking to dad over this past weekend, last weekend, he's like, we're just going to be kind of slow jamming in and around here, slow jamming here in October, because we've got the big third quarter earnings reports coming out. And there's definitely a little bit uh, of a dialed back, um, dialed back expectations, I should say, for the third quarter earnings reports. Well, let's take our first commercial break. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. If you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation, take advantage of a portfolio review and analysis from your Money Wise guys. You can reach us in our San Antonio or Corpus Christi office, toll free at 1-800-275-2162. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send all emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the Money Wise podcast through Apple Podcasts, and we love to hear comments. And don't forget to like the show once you download that through Apple Podcasts. So if you're just tuning into this weekend's Money Wise program, just recapping all the happenings uh, from the end of the third quarter of 2021, which occurred last week, and going through some of the numbers. And I was saying, going into break, if you find yourself as an investor with cash on the sidelines, and one thing Jim Cramer always preaches, although, you know, we definitely take information from Jim Cramer from CNBC with a big, massive grain of salt. But one thing he's always said, which I think is great advice, is always have your buy list ready. Always have a buy list ready. So when you see these pullbacks in the market and if you do have some powder dry, you can start taking advantage by dollar cost averaging in, which means periodically putting a certain set amount of money into the market over a period of time. But as we would recommend, if you're looking to do something like that in the month of October, to be moving very, very slowly because October is historically the most volatile month for the markets in any given year. I had a client call me earlier in the week wanting to talk about how it seems like October is always these bad things that happen. And we had the crash in 29 happened in October the Black the, Monday, the Black October Monday in nineteen eighty seven. Yep. Uh, you know, these are both October events. And, you know, do we are we feeling like these are the ingredients for are there does are the do the ingredients exist in the marketplace today that could potentially cause either one of those type of events? And and this was after we we had the the, the big down day several Mondays ago, and then the, and then, it, then the market recovered by the end of the week. And then now we've had uh, another week where uh, the markets were uh, turbulent, to say the least. Are you, are you taking my analogy got, from the trade tables? Yeah, Is that it? So, turbulence? So it's, it's certainly got his attention. He's a recent retiree, and recent retirees – I understand, you know, watching your investment nest egg very closely. And when you see it, see the volatility in a, you know, a seven figure investing nest, nest egg change, 20, 25, $30,000 a day. 
in value that it really gets your attention. You start the, the emotion starts to creep in and, you know, going back to what you'd said, Kyle, in the previous segment that it's, it's very dangerous. And so I think you have to take, look at things from a much broader perspective. Uh, this is not 1929, uh, we have a federal reserve, which we didn't have in 1929. So there's, there's some control if you want to, and, and I'm going to use that in quotations because dad would laugh at me if I, if, if he said that, if I said, I thought the federal reserve was in control of, of you're going to get it. You're, you know, you're going to, you're going to get, get a call it. on Sunday. <laughs> uh, in, in, in 1987, uh, you had double digit government bond rates. So Tina, meaning, uh, there is no alternative. There were definitely alternatives in uh, 1987. We don't have the kind of investing alternatives today in terms of fixed income, you know, real returns after you take out inflation. They just don't exist. There are no positive real returns in any investment grade fixed income security. They, they just they don't they, they don't exist. Don't exist. We're not talking about junk. We're not talking about high yield. That's not investment grade. We're talking about investment grade. So we talk about here on the Money Wise Show. But that's been the case for a number of years. It's just got it's gotten worse now because inflation is much higher. Uh, so the, the the things that you know from from an emotional point of view, here's what's getting ready to happen. Uh, in ten days. Everyone's going to get their statement for September. And it's going to show, you know, if you're 60, 40 portfolio, you're going to be down about 2%. It's going to be the biggest down month since last September. Folks that weren't in the, weren't in the markets last September or had light participation in the markets over the last year, they're going to get their first month taste of, you know, what a volatile month looks like on your statement. And it, you know, the, that's going to generate some hand wringing and some angst. And if you've been watching a lot of the news lately, which I do not recommend. Just listen to, to the money wise program. Just listen to the money wise program. We're going to, we're going to talk about what's investable and what's not. A lot of what happened in the last week, in my opinion, has to do with what's been happening in Washington. You know, what's been happening with the debt ceiling debate, what's been happening with, with what's going on with the tax decisions, what's going on with the infrastructure bill, just what, you know, what's going on from a political point of view. There's no, nothing geopolitical that's been going on the last few weeks. The other thing is oil prices. People have been wringing their hands about oil prices. My goodness. Natural you know, gas prices. You know, let's, let's talk you know, today. You, we're going to be, y'all be listening to this show on Saturday, October the 2nd. October the 1st is the anniversary for Kyle and I starting at Davidson Capital Management. I'm starting year 30. Kyle will be starting year 17, if my memory serves me correctly. So how many times have we seen oil prices spike or gasoline prices spike? I mean, hundreds of times. This is and then not... we had, remember when we had the coupling where as oil went? Oh, yeah. The market. Pri- I mean, there's a yeah. correlation. And, and yeah, then, coupling, and then, decoupling. I mean, we've yeah, seen it. We, we had exactly we had oil prices went up stocks went down oil prices went down stocks went down i yeah. remember that i mean we, <laughs> we we we've we've got the t-shirts trust me we got well, the t-shirt i, I think i think the, the the big picture when you look at the stock market and, and i'm looking at the chart i know our listeners can't see what i'm seeing but i'm seeing the chart, the chart right behind, behind kyle me. yeah that line goes up over time now it isn't the straight line that's going up it's going to move around a little bit but 
well, nearly over thirty years in, in the track record that in, in, in the in the oversight of the portfolio that both of y'all have had, if you looked at the the chart in the last thirty years, generally speaking, the market's going to go up. And during that period of time, you've seen oil prices go up. You've seen them coupled to stocks. You've had the, the tech bubble. You've had all these different scenarios that you go financial through. Crisis, if financial crisis. Financial crisis. And, and getting back to Jeff's original point, if you're an investor and you're a, a recent retiree and you're looking for advisors, and this isn't a plug, but you need to have somebody that's been through some of the wars and, and been through multiple bear markets and, and ask them what their strategy is. You know, but Well, well first anyways. off, you have to find an advisor that actually manages money in-house doesn't ship it off to somebody else, doesn't stick you in a bunch of mutual funds and exchange-traded funds, depending upon the size of your asset, something that is actively managed because we have our asset builder account, which is actively managed, no load mutual funds and exchange-traded funds, but the active management of the mix of the securities is done right here in-house at Davidson Capital Management between the three gentlemen that are on the radio show right now. And so that's, that's important. But to your point, Joe, as I've said on previous shows, since 1926, the S&P 500 has a positive return years 74% of the time. So if someone walked up to you on the street and said, listen, if you go right now to Las Vegas and every bet you make, you're going to win 74% of the time, I bet you every single one of our listeners would be booking a ticket on Southwest right now and headed to Vegas. But that is the stock market. That is the history. And not the, greatest the anal- not the greatest analogy because we, true. Don't, we don't believe in stocks gambling. They like meme stocks, people. We're not talking yeah. GameStop yeah. and we're not talking Bed Bath & Beyond. No, no, and I, pre- and, and I was going to bring up that point, Jeff. Yes, Wall Street, it's, it's not gambling in that same sense, <laughs> but I'm just trying to, uh, you know, kind of create a, a, a assimilation for our listeners that if someone told you that 74% of the time you're going to win, you're going to have a positive return, you're going to want to take advantage of that. But are there negative years for the market? Yes. Has there been negative years in the market? Of course. Are there going to be future negative years in the market? Yes. This is why maintaining a long-term perspective, active management, proper asset allocation, and superior security selection is the key. And we'll be the first to admit, we'll make 10 investment decisions. Seven, six to seven of them will work. Three to four of them won't. But guess what? Our clients have the value, and, and we add the value of them being able to pick up the phone and talk to us if an idea that we had isn't working for what particular reason. I, I got That's usually analogy. the phone calls we get as opposed to the stocks that we buy that are up 600% so like we have in our portfolio. We're not going to use the Vegas gaming and gambling analogy. It's like batting. If you get to bat 10 times and you hit a single, every, seven out of 10 times, would you take that batter yeah. on your team? Well, well, Absolutely. Yeah. What does it take to get that to better, the, Jeff? What that what better. does it take to get to Cooperstown? What a lot about of practice? No, no, a little over. <laughs> no, 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 no. If you if you retire with over three hundred batting average, that gets you to Cooperstown, doesn't it? Yeah, that's phenomenal. I mean, Ted Williams <laughs> had a lifetime batting average over four hundred, which is which is unseen in this day and age. Meaning so. singles, doubles, the occasional triple. When you're managing money, is a philosophy that we have. We're not swinging for the fences every time. Well, but but I think the thing that at the end of the day that we always preach is the way to build and maintain long-term wealth, it's about keeping your hole shallower on the downside. It is is mitigating risk 
when markets do turn negative and keeping that hole shallower so you can get out of that hole much quicker on the other side. With that, let's take our next commercial break. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. We'll be back after this. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. If you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation, we'll take advantage of a portfolio review and analysis from you Money Wise guys. You can reach us in our San Antonio or Corpus Christi office toll free at 1-800-275-2162. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send all emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the MoneyWise podcast through Apple Podcast. And also, if you could like and comment that, our show, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated by, appreciated by your MoneyWise guys if I could actually get that out. <laughs> so, coming back from the bottom of the hour break, you know, it's Friday. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a rough week. You know, ending of the third quarter for 2021 coming into the fourth quarter as dad would say the fourth quarter of the football game of course any longtime listeners knows dad's a uh, affinity and love for college football and being a retired football official himself so now we're in the fourth quarter yeah and i know you said during the commercial break that that you wanted to throw me under the bus so joe yeah joe is i'm ringing uh, the bell he's ringing the bell for the fight davidson capital management fight night all right so you're laying the gauntlet down Lay the gauntlet down. Let's go. <laughs> you, know, you had sent out a very well-written email a few weeks ago laying out your thesis for particular changes in the stock portfolio. And uh, Pending, pending thoughts, ideas. Without okay. timing, timing I, was not a test. I, I said your thesis for adding, okay. you know, making changes to the portfolio. And and I, I responded to many of your... Uh, suggestions and and my thoughts about it i'm still waiting for the email by the way i know we talked about i told you i didn't send it this week because i didn't want you to be upset i wanted you to be i I didn't want to upset you any more than watching you know the end of the quarter you know you know because see ladies and gentlemen investment advisors are measured by their quarterly performance and so if you have an event like what just happened here in the last week where you had this just a massive ramp up in volatility to the negative side, you know, it affects your report card for the quarter. So instead of turning, instead of turning in a, a, a report card that had, you know, up one, up 2% for the quarter, we're basically, we're flat for the quarter. Now flat is not terrible. Not when the Dow was down almost 2% for the quarter and the S and P was barely up. NASDAQ's uh, down. Russell's down. Yeah, the Russell was down. Russell was down quite a bit. I think Russell was down like 4%. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, almost 4.5% for the quarter. Russell to, Russell being the Russell 2000, which is typically the small, smaller cap capitalization stocks. And, and so because of the seasonality that we were faced with, with this September and October, with the fact that we've had these, what is now, you know, if the year had ended on September the 30th, we'd had three years in a row of double-digit returns in the S&P 500, which doesn't happen very often. It's very rare. And to have that kind of year-over-year-over-year uh, year year double-digit performance makes me very nervous about the future. 
And the other thing is we had not had a, we still, and we still haven't had what would be considered a typical correction. I'm using that in quotations, which is, which is, which is a 10% or more off the highs, uh, off the all-time highs. That was a, that's a typical correction in a market. We still haven't had one of those in more than a year now. Now, whether we've just started one and this is going to continue, I think there's a greater than 50% chance that we will get an in excess of, of 10% correction between now and the end of October. Um, I think there's probably, in, in my opinion, there's at least a 40% chance that we're going to have a repeat of 2018 where the entire year was wiped out in the last quarter. It also happened in 2011, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, I don't think we're going to have the kind of drama that we had in, in 2011 with the debt ceiling and all that rigmarole that went in and, you know, the reduction of the credit rating of government bonds, which still hasn't been raised, by the way. We're still below AAA. Didn't know if y'all knew that. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. But we've got these third quarter earnings coming. And I've been talking about over and over here these last six months or more that these comparisons are going to get more and more and more difficult. And interest rates have been moving up, although this this week, if you look at it week over week, interest rates as measured by the 10-year Treasury are very, un, very little changed. But we did have a spike up to almost 1.6% yield on the 10-year Treasury here in the week just passed. And I think most of us said we'd get to 2% by the end of the year. That was, I think, one of our predictions, uh, which I think is very easily in the cards. I saw a, a, a story this week from the Federal Reserve Chairman that he is frustrated with, with interest. He's frustrated with inflation. And why is he frustrated inflation, guys? It's becoming a little bit longer than transitory. Exactly. Thank yep. you very much, Kyle. The transitory part isn't happening. It hasn't but we happened still, so far. But, okay. but again, I, I, we still don't have the supply chain bottlenecks. He also no, 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 no. But the, here's the thing. The Federal Reserve can do nothing about supply chain bottlenecks. This is true. They can do nothing. And what I'm hearing is Vietnam, which is a very important country in the terms of production of clothing, production of furniture, production of other items being shipped to the U.S., they are kind of uh, in last – their last summer when it comes to COVID. Now, think of where we were last summer. We had massive shutdowns. I think we were even – we were working from home. We've been going back they're, and forth all they're going, they're going through that right now over there. So how is that going to affect Christmas? Well, but, here, but here's the other issue that we're having is you look at shipping containers that normally would cost about $8,000 a container. Now at $24,000 a container, we have got ships – sitting outside the port of the port of long beach that are just anchored up and some have been there for months waiting to offload because they don't have right. the man they right. don't have the manpower they don't have the rear ends off of couches from the right. entitlement state that is california for them to be getting back to work to yeah, get the, these ships unloaded there's and that's a huge hard. huge this lack of drivers this is not this is not this is not just a California problem. This no, is a no, problem, no. I, I know this is a problem across the United States. I'm still hearing restaurants can't find people to come in and work. Uh, and this is because of yeah, all the government is, that, handouts. But those handouts they didn't. Okay, yeah, they've, they've stopped, ended. Jeff, but 
but everyone okay. has st- have, has stacked cash, okay. has paid off debt, which is good. Paying off debt, we're all about being debt free. You know, Dave Ramsify yourself. But but the bottom line is, is even in the state of Texas, and I've talked about this study for for weeks and weeks on this program, where even in the state of Texas, where we ended these extra unemployment benefits months ago. We're still not seeing people get back to work because they have the money to live off of. And if you're furloughing your mortgages and you've got this this eviction moratorium, you have no incentive or no need to have to pay your bills just yet. And so you're still basically on vacation. Now, I'm not saying everybody, but this is a problem that's creating the supply chain bottleneck, which is creating this inflation where at first, as you said, Jeff, Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve's frustration with inflation lasting longer than transitory. It's going to take time. And there was something that was announced on Friday, which I think was a catalyst to help push the markets higher. And that was the clinical trial results of Merck's new antiviral drug that they worked alongside with Ridgeback, which is a biotech company, where they saw that for the patients that were in the hospital, close to death with these comorbidity issues, the ones that were in the test group that took the tests, they didn't die. They were actually able to recover, and they had to stop the study because the patients that were getting the placebo, 14% of those did die, and so they felt it was unethical to give them the placebo. So that's what was a little bit of a catalyst, I think, for Friday, that if there is a pill that Merck said that they can make tens 10 million of these things by the end of the year if they can get emergency approval this can be a possible prophylactic pill that if you're exposed to someone with covid or you're in the early stages after testing positive from covid whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated you start taking this pill from merck this can keep you from going to the hospital and dying so this might in the long run be the first step outside of the vaccines or the monoclonal antibodies and that, you know, that Regeneron creates and GlaxoSmithKline creates, has created and, and using throughout the country to get us back into some normalcy. But that still doesn't mean getting people off their couch and back into the workforce. Well, and it doesn't mean what's happening. Any of this can be exported overseas quickly, easily, logistically. And, and that's a big bottleneck over there that we can't control. And but so, we've got some we've got some okay. supplies sitting outside the port of Long Beach. Like Joe said, truck drivers, they were talking on Friday morning of looking in some states to allow 18-year-olds to be able to drive big rigs because I think in most states you have to be 21. They're looking to change those laws to get 18-year-olds that are willing to drive a truck because you're right, Joe, there's a trucking issue. So there's just there is there is man and woman power shortage across this country to help alleviate some of these supply chain bottlenecks, which can help with this inflationary issue that is frustrating the chairman of the Federal Reserve. So what that when I hear the Federal Reserve chairman is frustrated with inflation not coming down, not being transient, that tells me that they're going to have to change their timeline for when they actually start raising interest rates to sooner rather than later. And that's going to have market implications in the near term. Well, that's data dependent. And if we don't have a good employment report next Friday, that could again kick, kick the can further down the road for the Fed and their decisions. But let's we'll pick see. this up on the other side of the break. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. We'll be back after this. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. If you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation, take advantage of a portfolio review and analysis from your Money Wise guys. You can reach us in our San Antonio or Corpus Christi office toll free at one 800 275 2162. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send all emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Money Wise podcast through Apple Podcasts and leave your comments. And don't forget to like the show, and we'd greatly appreciate it. So if you're just tuning into this weekend's Money Wise program, I mean, before we went to break, we were talking about the Federal Reserve and Jerome Powell's you know, personal frustration with inflation starting to look not as transient. And then we went into the whole uh, discussion back and forth about getting more bodies into the workforce, the fact that all this government money that's been spent that was definitely needed last year, without a doubt, not questioning it during the depths of the COVID pandemic and the lockdowns were sorely needed. But now as they've extended these programs, even though they have stopped the unemployment extra benefit, they do have this additional child tax credit that's going into a lot of citizens' bank accounts on a monthly basis as another form of stimulus that could be keeping people out of the workforce, creating the supply chain bottlenecks, creating higher inflation for longer, now possibly going to force the Fed's hand to change their timeline on when and if not not if, but when they make an adjustment to the interest rate policy. But I know, Jeff, in the last meetings, the Federal Reserve is so keenly focused on the employment numbers. And the one thing we've definitely seen in the last two months employment reports is that they've definitely been dialed back as far as those expectations and the numbers that are actually coming in. And the Fed's big mandate is price control and full employment. And we're definitely not at full employment. I don't think that it's price stability, not control. Price, okay, not control. Price stability, <laughs> excuse me. Um, here's here's my take on – I think the, the, the biggest statistic that has to be watched most closely is not the unemployment number next week. It's inflation numbers. And the other thing that we've got to listen to very carefully is – how the infl- how inflation is affecting corporate revenue generation how it's affecting the the bottom line in corporate america how many companies are going to be talking about they're not they don't have a lot of clarity when it comes to increasing costs for labor increasing costs for shipping increasing costs for materials and how those are going to affect their bottom line. This is how I, this is where I get to, you know, the, the, the price to earnings. I know that we, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Kyle, we kind of took you to task on a article that you brought in about some, some folks writing about price to earnings. PEs, PEs don't matter. And it's like, yeah, we heard this in the late 20th century. Hold on. No, 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 no. Particular companies. So we got to pay very close attention you know, I think another reason why the third, this the the September and October is so volatile is it's the first view that we get of companies giving you a, a looking out into the into the following year for their for their companies. 
this is when they're going to start talking about 2022 in earnest. And so if we're going to start hearing about, uh, well, we see some risk with inflation, could be affecting our bottom line. We're not too sure if these bottlenecks are going to, to, to be alleviated. We're not really sure about our staffing, how much we're going to have to pay them to, to attract more workers. And they may back off the numbers and we may say, oh, they're just backing them off because they want to have it easier to get over them on the, on the other side. Or they're just going to back them off because they're going to back them off. And but they did that last quarter. A lot of them on. did that last quarter. Yeah, we had a negative quarter. Or no, no, no. Quarter. I'm saying, I'm saying okay. second quarter earnings. You're about they earnings. did the same I'm, thing. They, they kept, okay. they were lowering and, the bar. All right. Well, Guidance-wise. Okay. If we start hearing this in these third quarter earnings reports, that's going to have an effect on the markets. Because I think inflation... And inflation expectations are going to be driving interest rates more than the rhetoric from the Federal Reserve. Because the rhetoric from the Federal Reserve is going to change if we continue to get higher than expected inflation numbers. And it's going to be, we're going to hear, what happens if the word transient is removed from, from the next Federal, Federal Reserve minutes? What happens if that word goes away? Well, how do you think the markets would react to that? The markets are probably not going to react to that very carefully. So the, the bottom line for me, the, mark, the, the, the waters are, are always murky. Okay? They're always yeah. murky. They're never clear. It's, it's the, the Gulf of you know, Mexico. Like we talk about that, it. You know, I, get the, I get the phone call from someone that you know, just suddenly comes into a lot of money. Is this a good time to invest in stocks? Well, you know, tell me when, when, you know, it'd been much better if you'd call me last March, you know, March, you know, in March, March 28th, 20, 20, yeah, March 28th of 2020. It had been much better if you'd call me then. Yes. And we're kind of jokingly saying that, but to me, the waters are much more opaque than they were three, four, five, six months ago. And I think because, and because of that, you know, I'm more of the opinion of owning lower allocations to stocks. I'm not saying zero. I'm not saying 30%. I'm not saying cut the, you know, cut a portfolio in half. What I am saying is I think you've got to be willing to lay in the weeds a little bit. And if you've got some, some big cap tech in your portfolio that you've made a ton of money in, that's got 40, 50, 60 or more price to earnings ratios. I think they've got to be at the top of the list of things to take, you know, to take out either you take out of the portfolio completely or you take some haircuts on them and reduce the allocations in the portfolio. Cause to me, those are the stocks that are going to get, those are the stocks that are going to get, they're going to get the haircuts first because those are the ones that have it that have been participating. Those are the 25% that have been going up the mega cap techs. The rest of the market has been kind of floundering around or, or trending, trending down. We've seen previews of that here in the last few, last few trading days. You know, these down four and down 500-point days, they're in there selling the mega cap names. And so I think those we got to definitely listen very closely to those earnings reports from those companies. We're still two weeks out, but in between now and then, this volatility is going to continue. And don't forget, if you'd like to get a better – clear view of your portfolio 
and what you currently own and how it's allocated and how it's either working with, together, or against itself, give us a call, 800-275-2162 for that portfolio review and analysis. With that, we're coming up to the top of the hour break. So for listeners of Money Wise on 1200 WAI in San Antonio, we'd like to thank you for listening to this weekend's Money Wise program. If you'd like to catch the second hour, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com or subscribe to the Money Wise podcast through Apple Podcasts. For listeners of Money Wise on 1360 KKTX and Corpus Christi, stay tuned because when we come back from the top of the hour break, we'll be diving into the second hour of this weekend's Money Wise program and going into investor education. So stay tuned and we'll do that after this. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. All opinions expressed by Davidson Capital Management on MoneyWise are solely theirs and are based upon information they consider reliable and is subject to change without notice. You should be aware of the risk in investing in any security or investment strategy discussed on the show. Before acting, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and should seek advice from your own financial or investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. I've got my father, John, my brother, Jeff. I'm your host, Kyle Davidson, and we are diving into the second hour of this weekend's Money Wise program. Now, if you'd like to learn more about us, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday, you can reach us in our local Corpus Christi office at 906-0070. Or toll-free at 1-800-275-2162. And if you have an investment-related question or topic you'd like for us to discuss here on the MoneyWise program, you can send all your emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. If you missed the first hour of MoneyWise, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Click on the radio show link where you can listen to today's show as well as past MoneyWise programs. You can also subscribe to our iTunes feed by clicking on the blue note in the upper right-hand corner of our homepage at davidsoncap.com. Thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. Well, as as we like to utilize every second hour of the Money Wise program going into investor education, and any longtime listeners of the program know that we definitely love our top ten lists. Uh, I guess it's a little bit of an ode to uh, to David Letterman. Uh, But we have a top ten list for this afternoon's show called The Ten Myths of Retirement Planning. And so we'll dive right in with myth number one. And that first myth is you will not need as much money during retirement as you do right now. Now, this, I would say the financial entertainment press, the legacy distribution system for Years and years and years, as long as I've been in the business, which you know for me is coming up on 16 years I've been doing this, they have the kind of industry standard that you only need 70 to 80% of what you're currently earning while you're working in retirement to maintain your lifestyle once you are in retirement. And, you know, very honestly, what I try to educate prospective clients uh, that come in here to Davidson Capital Management is that we don't abide by that 70 to 80% of your current income in retirement to maintain your lifestyle. In fact, most instances I say you need 95 to 100% of what you're currently earning now. You need to be able to withdraw that same amount of money in retirement from your nest egg in order to maintain your lifestyle because the one, I think, variable that the legacy distribution system doesn't uh, – 
calculate doesn't uh, put into their calculation or account for is the fact that what's the one thing that you have a heck of a lot more of in retirement than you do during your working years? Leisure time. That's right. You have a lot more leisure time, so you have more time to travel. If you're into hunting, fishing, golfing, those are not cheap hobbies by any stretch of the imagination. Or now you're getting into new hobbies that take more time and more money. And so, you know, that myth that you don't need as much money in retirement as you do right now, again, I think is a complete myth and it's complete bogus. Do you want to add something, Jeff? Well, Go ahead, Dan. Well, I was going to say also medical expenses. That's the one thing that uh, that's really the X factor, the unknown factor as you get older because that's, that's true. definitely going up. Well, that's true. We don't know the, the inflationary costs of medical care. Obviously, as you get older, you need more and more attention from healthcare care professionals. Uh, but I think something else, Dad, that, that's a big unknown that's out there, and I think um, – I'm not even going out of limb on saying this, but with with the deficits that we currently face and the national debt, I mean, to say that taxes are going to be going down in the future, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I, and so I think retirees are folks that are working towards retirement and building their nest egg. That's something that they need to keep, keep in the back of their mind is, you know, they shouldn't anticipate, oh, well, I'm going to only have a 10 or 12 percent effective tax rate in retirement because nobody knows what their tax rate is going to be, and again, we're assuming that taxes will be going up as far as the eye can see because of the deficits, because of the national debt that we have. I think maybe turning this myth around and turning it into a question is something that we at Davidson Capital Management do time and again when we're meeting with prospective clients, and they ask this question, well, what do you think the portfolio can produce an income in retirement. They may maybe the, the maybe you don't know exactly what you think you will need, but maybe if you had an estimate of what the what your portfolio might produce if you were to retire right now or if you were to retire say 10 years from now at a certain rate of return based on the portfolio nest egg that you have right now and then apply our maximum withdrawal rate here that we have at our firm of 7% a year and say, do you think this number will be enough money for you to retire on uh, when you reach retirement years? Let's say that the, the, that they bring a portfolio of a certain size and we, and we estimate that it will grow at 7 to 8% a year for another 10 years, and the number we start off with is a $1 million. We'll just round it off. Well, at our maximum rate of withdrawal, that's $70,000 a year, 7% of a million dollars. So is, is 70000 do you think $70,000 a year based on a $1 million portfolio will be enough to keep your lifestyle where it is right now? If we find that there's that the the client is spending a hundred and forty thousand dollars a year on their lifestyle, then seventy thousand dollars in retirement, we're not even taking into account any Social Security, of course, might not be enough to support their current lifestyle. So now we now we got to now we got to look at okay, are we going to start saving more now to increase that nest egg size so that we can get a little closer to uh, to that target. Uh, income or do we need to think about uh lowering living lo- expenses lowering 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 liver expenses lowering expectations uh for income in retirement all three 
Well, I, maybe I think, all three. I, I think one thing that a lot of retirees can get or pre-retirees can get in trouble is they go in with expectations that well my portfolio needs to be designed to where I'm I'm outperforming the S&P 500 each and every year. And if you're creating a financial plan that takes that scenario in, 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 into effect, that is extremely extremely dangerous and by saying that I need to have my portfolio outperforming the S&P each and every year. It's unrealistic. It's very unrealistic. And the one, one of the big problems that pre-retirees have going into maybe a professional asset manager relationship is they have unrealistic expectations. And what they need to do is they need to establish a goal, a plan. You know, my goal for this money is to grow 8% per year. Like you said, Jeff, let's sit down and work out a plan. And what are your goals? And say, okay, if you only need to earn 7 maybe 8% annualized, you know, after all fees and expenses for a lengthy period of time, let's say the next 10 or 15 years to have a comfortable retirement, then that's really what you should focus on and how you should position your portfolio and allocate it. But if you're the type of investor that's like, i got to beat the S&P each and every year, you're setting yourself up for disappointment and failure because it is next to impossible to do. Well, when we come back from the break, I want to take a different approach. That's that's one type of client that we see uh, here at Davidson Capital, but there's also another type I want to talk about when we come back. Okay, and we'll do that after this. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. Your Money Wise guys will be back after the break. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. If you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday, you can reach us in our local Corpus Christi office at 906-0070 or toll free at 1-800-275-2162. And if you have an investment-related question or topic you'd like for us to discuss here on the Money Wise program, you can send our emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. So we're focusing on the second hour of this weekend's program, the 10 myths of retirement planning. We're actually still working on myth number one, uh, that myth again. Uh, you will not need as much money during retirement as you do right now. And so we were talking before we went to break about setting goals, and having appropriate goals in place and appropriate expectations in place with your nest egg as you're going into retirement. And, Jeff, I know you wanted to add a little bit to that. Well, that is that is one – we see this that this type of scenario with some prospective clients that are looking for maximum performance. They're, they're, they're very much focused on performance, and we understand that. But I think – Another type of client that we that we're seeing, and maybe this is an offshoot of of the, of the new target date funds that have been out here for about the last ten years, and that's this assumption that as I get closer and closer to retirement, I need to have more and more of my money in in bond investments and in fixed income investments, and less and less in stock because I need to be taking less risk. And so, by having more money in fixed income, well, that would be traditionally saying, well, I'm taking less risk. Well. That's all fine and good in a normal interest rate environment. And I use that in quotations. As, but this is not a normal interest Definitely rate Definitely not normal. And we have not had a normal interest rate environment for a very long time. And it appears that we may not have a normal interest rate environment for a number of years into the future. So... <clears throat> Having a asset allocation strategy 
that as I'm approaching retirement, I need to have less than what we would recommend an, uh, an allocation in stocks in the current rate environment and more of an allocation to bonds, but yet still have a uh, expected rate of return of 8% is not realistic. Mm-hmm. Is not realistic at all. And so m- maybe the two tie together is about having realistic expectations and understanding that in order to deliver those expectations, you have to have a certain ratio of stocks to bonds based on the existing current interest rate environment. Yes, Doug? Well, just say we were looking at a traditional balanced account, which in the old days would be 60% stock, 40% bond. Well, if you're at a 10% return in stocks, that means you're going to get 6% from your stocks out of the portfolio. The problem is the 40% that would be sitting in bonds with a 10-year bond, you know, slightly, you know, less than three, you're you're not getting up to the 7%, which we have seen is a safe withdrawal rate going back our 25 years. But it is because of the bond component. The bond component right now is changing the math on what people need for retirement. But I don't think the retirees are picking up on that fact, Dad. I, I don't think they are. And when you're talking about target date funds putting more money into bonds as people approach retirement, what is the most dangerous asset class out there right now? It is bonds. Fixed income. Because we don't know very how few the Fed... Say, very, very few people would say that. No, I, nobody would say that. I don't think other than people that run bonds like us. Either, we than, know, us. either we, than us. We know, we know that it's dangerous. You get the Bill Grosses of the world that come out and say it's a new normal. They don't want to come out and say it's a new bubble. They don't want to say the bubble word connected with bonds. So are we moving on to myth number two? Myth number two. Myth number two, my retirement years won't last that long. The fact is today's today individuals in their 50s and 60s, of course, are generally healthier than previous generations. So if you're 65 years old right now, your life expectancy is approximately 21 years. And... With a life expectancy of 21 years means that you have a 50% chance of dying by year 21 and a 50% chance of living longer. So if you're 65 right now, you have a 50-50 chance of, of living past 86 years old. And so that, again, goes along with creating that plan and having your goals and realizing, is my nest egg sufficient enough to sustain me till I'm 86 or till I'm 95, and if you and have, nobody knows, and if you have a seven percent rate of withdrawal in your portfolio, and you've got a hundred percent fixed income earning you two percent, you're not going to get there. It's not. It may not last 21 years. You know, as I always, as I say to prospective clients, if we all knew when the last day on this earth would be for each one of us, man, retirement planning would be so much easier. But unfortunately, and I guess fortunately, we don't know when that day is going to be. No, myth number three, you can afford to start planning for your retirement a few years before your retirement date. In fact, it is never too soon to begin planning for retirement. Time is one of the most powerful tools in the accumulation of wealth. The sooner you start to accumulate assets and plan for your retirement years, the better, the less you will need to set aside each year in order to achieve the same objective. Now, I've talked about this over and over and over again for a number of years using the example of someone that was just fresh out of college that just graduated just got their diploma and they get their first job and if they had a if they this 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 1 million dollar 
goal to have in your in your retirement years. You start off your retirement with a one one million dollar nest egg. If you started saving when you were twenty one, twenty two years old, and you save for forty years to get to sixty two, the you would have to save what amounts to about a, skipping lunch every day, brown bagging out. it, brown. brown bagging it, going to work about about eight dollars a day. It's like two hundred and fifty dollars a month. If you save that amount of money at twenty two years old and you never change it, you would accumulate you would accumulate about a million dollars at an eight percent compounded rate of return. You know what our listeners can do? They can just go into Google and Google the term time value of money and read the explanation. I mean, it's very, very simple. And, and again, if you're someone who's in their 40s, maybe in their early 50s, and you haven't started saving for retirement, I mean, this is when you need to buckle down and start putting the pedal to the metal uh, to, to try to save as much as possible. It's never too late. As we've always said on the radio show, pay yourself first. But this myth number three rolls right into myth number four for those individuals that have failed to plan for their retirement, and that myth number four is that Social Security will provide enough income for my retirement years. Bottom line, Social Security accounts for approximately 38% of the average retiree of the average retiree's income. So, uh, you know, you're you're talking, you know, 62% that still needs to be made up. And 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 again, to be very blunt. If you're relying on the federal government to take care of you in retirement, again, you are setting yourself up for failure. We all know the Social Security system is broken. It needs a substantial overhaul. Um, The fact that Social Security benefits with cost of living adjustments, or COLA for short, have become smaller and smaller and smaller over the years. if you're one of those individuals that's just relying on Social Security to take care of you, again, you're planning for failure in your retirement years and possibly working to the day that you die. You have to start planning and you have to start putting away. You know, if you follow myth number three, then you're going to wind up falling into the trap of myth number four. So myth number five, I have my pension plan to provide for my retirement income and will not need any additional savings. Boy, this is extremely, extremely dangerous to think that a traditional pension or defined benefit plan is going to take care of you throughout the rest of your retirement years. And, and again, as, as we all know, uh, with the invention of the 401k through the Tax Reform Act of 1978, this is where corporate America has been going. They've been shifting away from the defined benefit plan. So there might only be a handful of listeners of this weekend's program that have the luxury of having a defined benefit plan. But we have always recommended at Davidson Capital Management that if you have the ability to take a cash lump sum distribution from your pension, and the, and the way that you can do that is, first off, your pension has to have over an 80% uh, funding rate by the corporation to take a 100% lump sum, and then if it has a 60 to 80% funded rate from the corporation, you can take a partial lump sum distribution, and then any pension that's less than 60% funded, you're going to have to take the pension payment. And I know, you know, one particular organization here in town 
that falls in that category of having an underfunded pension. But, you know, the one thing that they don't tell you when they give you the options that you can select at time of retirement, whether to take a lump sum or to take the annuity payments from your pension, is that these pension payments are not adjusted for inflation. So maybe that fifteen hundred so that fifteen hundred dollars that you started receiving in your pension on month one and year one is going to be buying a heck of a lot less goods and services ten years from now. And I think that's one area that retirees forget. That monetary inflation is eroding your purchasing power and once you start taking that pension payment, there's no going back. You're done. You're locked out. That's what you're going to be getting for the rest of your life. And it's not adjusted for inflation, so each and every month that goes by, you're going to be able to buy a little less goods and services. So you need to keep that in the back of your mind, and that's one main reason, one huge reason why we recommend to take a lump sum distribution, if you can, from your traditional pension. With that, we're coming to the bottom of the hour break. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. We'll be back after the news. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. If you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation, you can reach us in our local Corpus Christi office at 906-0070 or toll free at 1-800-275-2162. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can send all emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. So we've been talking this hour about the 10 myths the ten myths of retirement planning. Um, we've gotten to myth, and we came to the bottom of the hour break. We're on myth number five, uh, which was I have my pension plan to provide for my retirement income and will not need any additional savings. And as we went to break, was talking about what we recommend to prospective clients at Davidson Capital Management when you can take the lump sum distribution from your pension to do that, for one, so you now have full, complete control of those assets. Also, so you can put those assets to work for you in an allocation model that can provide you with growth and something that's going to be appropriate for you to help make that money last your entire uh, lifespan in retirement, but also to help combat, combat monetary inflation. Because again, that's one thing that the pension provider is not going to tell you at a pre-retirement meeting is that once you annuitize that pension and start taking that monthly check, that's the check that you're going to continue to receive. It's not going to be adjusted for inflation. And so that $1,500 as an example that you start receiving each and every month will buy less goods and services as every month goes by. So imagine, and think of it very easily, will $1,500 20 years ago buy the same amount of goods and service as it does today? No, because of monetary inflation. That is the one thing that is not discussed enough with pre-retirees. It's one aspect uh, of the market that, that individuals don't think about a lot and why I've always been a big advocate that every brokerage statement across this country should have a notation of what monetary inflation was for that reporting period so they realize, oh, I did lose a little bit of value in my CD because of monetary inflation or I lost value of my money sitting in cash in the bank vault because of monetary inflation. It, it affects pensions the exact same way. So myth number six, Medicare will take care of my health insurance. And 
I'm glad that this is on the list of myths because this is a conversation I have when I go through my financial road mapping exercises with clients. When we work with our clients that are working towards that retirement, I don't want to say retirement goal line. I would say retirement is the 50-yard line. So as they're working to the 50-yard line of the field to go into retirement, when I start, when I have our clients work on their monthly budgets, I always want them to put in some type of figure for supplemental insurance to Medicare. I always tell our clients that do not rely 100% on Medicare. And you know the bottom line is, is that Medicare pays less than a half of a typical retiree's medical bills, and that you have to have a supplemental plan. And Dad, I mean, you're absolutely you're an absolute authority on this. No, no, because, no, that's you're absolutely correct, Kyle. And so I always want to build into a retirement budget, and this is again an exercise for any pre-retiree that's working on their monthly budget to include. What do you pay? Around four uh, five hundred dollars a month? It's getting more and more expensive. It is, okay. So uh, your supplemental plan is getting more yes. and more expensive. So I would say And we've already reduced one of the portions of it. So would you say for a pre retiree to maybe work in four to maybe six hundred dollars a month for that supplemental policy? Uh, or even more? Uh, actually it's gonna be it's gonna start to be more than that. Really? Yes. That's what it is currently. Maybe six to eight, is. maybe six to eight hundred dollars? It's uh, it's getting there. It's getting there. So the bottom line is, is that... Well, the problem is, at this point in time, because of Obamacare, we, we don't totally know the effects yet. You know, th- this has not got through the system. And the other thing that doesn't come out in this that they won't tell you is you're not going to see all the same health professionals you saw before. Not every doctor wants Medicare patients. That's true. And so... There's instances where your your specialists are going to change. That's not all. That's another myth too. Is that you may <laughs> you're not, adding myth number eleven? You, you may be going <laughs> to San Antonio to see someone you want to see. Myth: You can keep all of your current healthcare yes. providers. Yeah, that that's not myth. even that's your not, primary care. That's positions. not true on Medicare, much less Obamacare. So anyone working out a monthly budget pre-retiree, they need to figure in. A health insurance cost, even if you're going into Medicare because you're going to have to have that supplemental policy. Uh, myth number seven, all my assets are in safe vehicles for long-term accumulation and do not need to be watched closely. What the heck are I mean, safe vehicles for long-term accumulation? What do, what do they mean is, by that? There is none. Well, I, I know an annuity salesman would say this annuity, yes. this indexed annuity, this variable annuity, that's that's safe. It's quote-unquote guaranteed. That talk should have ended Hardy in 08 or 09. I mean, they, they might be talking about certificates of deposit yes. or government bonds. Yes. But those safe vehicles for long-term accumulation aren't accumulating a whole lot. I was about in, to say. In, they, in today's interest rates. They need to define what is accumulation. <laughs> That's a very loose term Something right less there. than 1% is not accumulating to me. I mean, I mean the, the, the bottom line, anyone going into retirement with, oh, I've got everything in CDs, I've got everything in my money market account, I'm, I've got everything in fixed income, I'm safe, I can go on my trips, on my vacations, I can go play with the grandkids and the family, I don't have to think about it, don't have to worry about it. If you don't work with an investment professional who has discretionary control and is a registered investment advisor to manage those assets for you, then you're the portfolio manager. and you cannot- Well, there is a portfolio manager. Whether you hire one or not, you've hired yourself. 
That's right. Yeah, that that means that you're the portfolio manager and you cannot fall asleep behind the wheel and following this methodology of oh, I'm safe, I don't need to watch it closely. Again, setting yourself up for failure. This is why we've always used the Money Wise program to educate and to enlighten pre-retirees and retirees that you always have to be vigilant in your portfolio whether you're doing it yourself or whether you're working with an investment professional, it's something that has to be paid attention to. Well, I mean, you are the portfolio manager on your 401k plan. That's right. That That's right. If you don't have a self-directed brokerage option, and, and again, that brings up another important point, something that a lot of 401k plans don't talk about, is in-service distribution options for participants in 401ks that are age 59 and a half and older. If you're planning on working another five or six years, guess what? At 59 and a half, you have the ability to hire an investment professional, roll your 401k assets out into a self-directed IRA that you can now get professionally managed. And for someone who's amassed 500, 600, 800, a million dollars in their 401k and they don't feel comfortable with what they're doing in their own account, this is when you might want to start looking at your options as you're continuing to work and participating in the 401k for looking at a self-directed, uh, either a self-directed or an in-service distribution option in the 401k. Um, so myth number eight, I can always use the equity in my home to add to my retirement income. Well, this might have been a thought pattern prior to the housing collapse back from 2006 and 2007. And with home values just starting to come back well, and revive. You know, they're bubbling up in here. There's no question about that. They, they are, depending upon what part of the country you live in. Um, but again, as we've always educated and always talked about here on the Money Wise program, is that you should view your house as where you live. Do not view it as an investment. If you have your house paid off, yeah, you have equity built into it. It's kind of a break glass in case of emergency type thing. But if you're developing a financial plan in retirement that revolves around taking a reverse mortgage out or taking a home equity line of credit out and, and living off of the equity bills into your house, again, you're planning and setting yourself up for failure. And again, with the financial crisis back in 08, which again, housing market had a lot to lend itself to, to that financial crisis, there's a lot of folks that still could be underwater, have zero or very little home equity. Uh, so we always say don't look at your house as a piggy bank. Look at your house as where you live. And if you have equity built into it, fantastic. But don't include it in a financial plan that, hey, this is a register that I'm going to be able to ring if I need to. Anything else you wanted to add? Myth number nine. If need be, my family can always help me out. This is my plan. <laughs> Well, that's myth number nine. Yeah, right? that, that's myth. That's myth Usually number myth nine. Number one. Yeah, myth number nine. The fact is that many people use this as an excuse for dele delaying retirement planning, but in reality, no one wants to rely on other family members to help them out financially to fund their retirement years. And if anything, these are the years when you want true financial independence and do not want to feel as if you are a burden on your family. There must be some very interesting Thanksgivings out there. I mean, the fact that this many people could be getting along, I thought it would be, would be the last people that you'd want to rely on would be family members. You, well, 
I, I mean, and unfortunately, again, if if you're the type of investor or the lack thereof, not investing, not planning, you know, believing in a lot of these myths that we've already discussed, then you're going to wind up falling into the category where you're going to be looking to your children or looking to other family members to take care of you in retirement and, again, becoming a burden on them. And, and, and I would think that that's, that's not a conversation that any parent wants to have with their child saying, well, hey, Sally, hey, you know, I'm going to be moving in with you now. I hope you have an uh, yeah, extra room I, in your house. Yeah, I'm gonna be, because I did such a poor job planning for retirement, now I'm going to come live with you. How, what do you think about that? Or, or then the parents become a travel agent for guilt trips and say, well, I paid for your college. I did I all this you. for you. I raised you. You owe me this. I would recommend try not to be one of those parents that's a you owe me this kind of parent. You have to do the planning yourself and prepare for your retirement. Well, we're going to take our last commercial break. When we come back, we'll be wrapping up the 10 myths of retirement planning, and we'll do that after this. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. You Money Wise guys will be back after the break. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. If you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation, you can reach us in our local Corpus Christi office at 906 zero zero seven zero or toll free at one eight hundred two seven five two one six two and if you'd like to send us an email you can send all emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com so we spent the last hour of this weekend's moneywise program going through the 10 myths of retirement planning and we finally arrived at myth number 10 and that myth is money is everything when it comes to retirement planning uh, now, money is important, but it isn't everything because, again, you could have $4 million nest egg saved up, but you're spending $400,000 a year to maintain your lifestyle, and guess what? That nest egg isn't going to last too long. And so you could you could have been a fantastic saver, but if you're going into retirement with a massive amount of debt, consumer debt, you know, huge house payment, a bunch of car payments, a lot of toys, high monthly expenses, and and you're leading this very, very extravagant lifestyle, doesn't matter how much you, you, you've saved because you have to pay attention to what you're spending. Yeah. It's about creating a proper balance. And, and, it's, well, and it's pretty rare that we see folks that have accumulated tr- large nest eggs but but also have been have really big spending habits. Usually, it's their nest egg is moderate to maybe a little below average, but they have big spending habits. Well, well what I see also is we'll still see people that save quite a bit of money, and then they get in retirement, and they're way too frugal. They're so afraid they're going to outlive their money, they won't even. Enjoy, real, enjoy yeah. some of the fruits of their labor. I mean, I see well, this it, more. It, it's 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 about a happy medium, a happy balance. But I think that it goes back to your point: is that retirement planning has to stay flexible. You have to be malleable because life can change in the blink of an eye. Markets change each and every day. Allocations can adjust. 
you have to be flexible. This is why we're such humongous advocates against, again, let me repeat, against annuities of any shape or form because it takes away that flexibility right. and that malleability. We're, we're very much against taking, if you if you work for a corporation that offers a, a, a pension plan and you and you take the pension payment and don't take the lump sum. We're very much against taking the pension payment because you're locking yourself in to this amount of money for the rest of your life. It will be never be a penny more or a penny less, and no one knows that that's going to be enough with that's your right. other retirement income to get through retirement. So, like like Kyle said, and then we'll reiterate it again: flexibility is the key because markets. Don't say the same. Life doesn't stay the same. I, I, and, to, and to me, of the ten myths, the one that 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 really I strikes a chord with strikes you. a chord. I would not even consider retiring without a supplemental plan to my Medicare. Do not rely on Medicare for your health costs, because that is the one guarantee. I would say you're definitely going to be using as you get older. So it's death, taxes, and increase in medical care, <laughs> increased cost of medical care. Yes. Those are the three now. It's not just death and taxes. Well, that's right. Inflation and inflation medical Inflation is all – I don't know that I've ever lived in, in two years in a row that we haven't had a pos, positive inflation. We've had inflation practically every year of my life. And, the, and, and if I've been living 48, I have no reason to doubt that the next 48 are going to have inflation also. Now, despite what the government says, current interest, current inflation rates being somewhere less than two percent, I don't know anyone that uh, isn't paying more than two percent for their living expenses, and so I'm a little suspicious of how the government's computing these numbers. And you know, we've always used at least a minimum three percent uh, inflation rate, and so if if you're if you're accumulating assets into retirement. And you unfortunately have received advice or believe that as you approach those retirement years, you should have less and less money in stocks and more and more money in a in fixed income or bond investments. There isn't a bond investment out there that has a uh, that is uh, what we would consider to be investment grade that's yielding more than three percent unless you go way way out well, there's the no one yielding seven and we're talking about in our experience our 25 years we've seen where you can take seven percent out of a balanced portfolio and still have a portfolio of the size still, but what i'm with. yeah but what i'm saying yeah. is is that greater than the size you, you can't even with. get a fixed income investment that we would consider investing in that's investment grade that even reaches what we believe is is at least the minimum true rate of inflation no, and, and, and again, everyone's inflationary rate is different, but if you're going into retirement anticipating that your inflationary rate's going down, not with medical care costs. No. Not with medical care costs. I don't think medical, co- Medicare costs are growing at, at 3% or less a year. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, in, I think it goes college tuition, medical costs. And those the, are and probably the, that, high single-digit rates of inflation. For for tuition, it's actually I've seen I've seen statistics it's double digits, with 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 college costs. So, you know the, the the bottom the bottom line is is that you have to prepare, you have to plan. As I've always tried to educate on this program, that if if you're listening to the show and you're six months, twelve months out 
from retiring. This is when you need to start getting on the horse and start interviewing investment professionals that you might be interested in working with, finding out what they have to offer, seeing how they work with their clients, find out if they're taking discretionary control and are acting as a fiduciary, as a registered investment advisor does, like we do here at Davidson Capital Management, or are they only going to sell you investment products and do what's suitable for you, which does not which does not mean putting your interests in front of their own or the firm that employs them, you need to start doing that work in advance. Do not get caught behind the eight ball. I don't know how many times I've talked about it on this show, but since we're talking about retirement planning, I always want to bring this up. You know, I've met with some folks that get caught behind the eight ball and they're scrambling to try to figure out who they're going to work with they wind up making a very hasty decision because they sat in one sales presentation said wow that sounds good they threw around the word guaranteed a lot and guaranteed this rate of return and guaranteed that and all these guarantees well i'm just going to sign on the dotted line and then they're toast their portfolio is toast and they're locked into something they lost their flexibility they lost their flexibility and the bill of goods that was sold to them was completely false smoke and mirrors, and then they wind up regretting that. And then a lot of times we wind up working with these people where we're having to unwind these hasty decisions that they made and sometimes can cost them quite significantly. And it can't be done overnight and, either. And exactly, and it can't be done overnight. So, you know, again, you have to plan. You have to prepare. Do not get sucked in to these myths and if there's anything that we can do for you at Davidson Capital Management, you want to talk about your your financial situation, give us a call, 906-0070 or toll-free at 1-800-275-2162. And with that, we would like to thank everyone for listening to this weekend's Money Wise program. For my father, John, and my brother, Jeff, this is Kyle Davidson saying have a fantastic weekend. And to your financial health, we will talk to you next week. <laughs>